Your financial mission, should you choose to accept it, is to achieve financial clarity. New Intel suggests that bad financial actors are constantly filling the landscape with misinformation and other barriers and obstacles, leaving you with limited time to make the right choices for a successful financial future. To make things easier, we've chosen your team for you. Financial Commander Janine Theus will help lead you to success. As always, should you avoid the excellent guidance you're about to receive, you'll be disavowed. Also, this message will self-destruct in three seconds. Three, two, one. Well, thanks for joining us for another edition of Your Financial Mission. Walter Storholt here alongside Janine Theus. She's the CEO and founder of Theus Wealth Advisors, your financial commander here in Columbia, Howard County, and the surrounding communities. Find us online at theuswealthadvisors.com. Janine is here to give us the straight skinny on your financial plan. And today's topic, common planning complaints. And you know, Janine, when we meet with potential new clients for the first time, we often hear them express similar complaints about their current situation. Because that first meeting... I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's a lot of just mostly a getting-to-know-you kind of meeting, right? You're just learning a lot about the client's interests and goals and wants for retirement and kind of what they're looking out of life and where they see money plugging into all those areas. Is that a pretty good synopsis of a, of a first meeting? Definitely. You're really taking um, an appraisal of where the client is or where the person is or where they think they are and what they, you know, what's working for them, what's not working for them and how they understand it. Mm. At least that's my, my perspective is, or, or my mission is to try to figure out from the prospect's point of view, what do they understand and what is real and what's not maybe a misperception. Yep, okay, that's a good point. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna throw out a few complaints. You tell me if one, you've heard these before, and then two, do you think they're legitimate or are maybe we seeing a case of people focusing on the wrong things. Uh, one good example, I would be willing to bet my life you've heard this one before. My advisor takes too much risk. What about that complaint? Well, that's a tough one, really, because what does risk mean? If someone is set, and I, ha I really don't hear that very often, but if I do, I, it's... Uh, but you've at least heard it once, so I'm, I'm, my life is not in danger, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I bet my life on it, so I'm hoping you've heard it once. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to assess what is your perception of risk? What is your measurement of risk? What are we talking about here? Is your, is your advisor turning over your portfolio quickly, picking and choosing and picking and choosing and, and hey, by the way, you need to buy this stock and oh, that didn't work out. So let's buy this stock. Well, that's a lot of risk. Definitely. So what are we talking about? What are we measuring? Does the advisor listen to you? Do you talk about this? Do you understand what the suggestions are or the recommendations? A lot of times people don't, you know, and then what's your timeline to retirement? And then after, are you considering, are you having a discussion about what that is? That doesn't always happen. And money decisions do factor into that because that can place a lot of risk on your assets. And I actually had a client come in and say, you know, we talked to this other broker and she couldn't help us with some of the things we're doing. I said, well, those are money decisions, hmm. but they do impact your money. <laughs> so... You know, we have to kind of figure out what it is exactly that you're talking about when you talk about risk. So, right. and, and of course, if the goals aren't being addressed, well, it's, that's a problem. We have to address what is. 
makes a lot of sense, though, of realizing that the risk conversation can take on many forms. And we've, right. we've got to be very cognizant of that. Okay. Here's another what I would call a common planning complaint. And that would be someone who comes into the office and says, my fees are just way too high. I'm, I'm just paying way too much in fees. Do you see variations of that complaint? Definitely variations because a lot of people will assume sometimes that they're not paying fees when they are because it's very difficult to judge what the fees are. Sometimes the the situation is I'm, I'm paying fees, but I'm not getting service. So I'm not getting what I should, you know, what I'm paying for. So a lot of times you'll see people in accounts that are rel- have relatively low fees, but what they're focusing on is essentially the expense ratio. And so they think, okay, I'm, I'm in a, and I'm in an index fund and I'm, you know, I'm paying low fees. Well, you're not getting any service either. Mm. <laughs> you're not, you're not getting any perspective of, you know, how should you be properly allocated? Are you really truly diversified? What does all this mean? What, do you, how is this going to work? When are you going to talk, you know, when you start to take an income, how is that going to work with what you've chosen? So low fees are like that are not always the answer either. So saying my fees are too high it's relative to what? Typically in retail mutual funds, you're paying too high fees, but you don't see it because it's what the managers are doing inside the fund. So typically I'll say, you know, people will come in and say, well, what are the fees? So you have so, to understand so what, what you're much, paying So not too much, but what are they in the first place? That's a big, that's an even bigger problem, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where are they and where, what are the hidden fees? You're paying them. It could be in terms of cost or it could be affecting return, but mm. you don't see it. Because you don't know what you're comparing it to. I, I suppose I've heard stories about this being the complete opposite. Not my fees are too high, but more of a joyous exclamation of, oh, uh, I don't pay anything in fees. Uh, oh, I, I've had that. Yeah, that <laughs> I've had that. <laughs> Someone tried to tell me they were paying $30 for their, and I, and I said. How, how did that work out? <laughs> I said, show me the statement because I'll show you what you're. Paying. It's not thirty dollars, but the custodian told them, "You're only paying thirty dollars." Oh. And I said, "That is not real." You can believe them. It's up to you. Fake news. <laughs> but that's, not, that's fake news. Fake news. <laughs> that's absolute fake news. There is no free lunch. <laughs> that's actual fake news. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> All right. So another common complaint is, well, it's just a many variations, as you said. My fees are too high, or I don't even know what my fees are, or I'm totally misinformed. I think I have no fees, and it's uh, completely the other direction. So, yeah, talk about your fees. That complaint is, I guess, legitimate. It just might be that you're making the wrong complaint, but you should totally know what your fees are, what your account, what your portfolio is actually costing you, because it's a it's a really big question, and it's a really important answer to figure out. Uh, another common planning complaint, Janine, now maybe this is less common with how the stock market has been the last couple of years. I'd be surprised if, if you were seeing this a whole lot, but since 2008's not too far in the rearview mirror, and, and even the crash of the early 2000s as well, and maybe we have another downturn, you might start hearing this more often. But what about the complaint that, you know what, my account just, it didn't really grow much last year. And, and they view that immediately as a problem. That's an interesting conundrum because the you have a, it's a double-edged sword. If you have a properly allocated, globally diversified portfolio, there will be years when it doesn't grow much because what people tend to do is compare that portfolio to the S&P 5 or the Dow. Mm-hmm. And they're not 
correlated at all. Well, because you have one that's in the portfolio, but the portfolio doesn't represent that one asset class. So you have to remind people, and here's a perfect example. In 2014, globally diversified portfolios, they, you know, they did okay, they were positive, they weren't fabulous. But the S&P 5 that year did 13.3%. So people start whining and I said, wait for it, because if you chase that return, which you don't know what it is till the end of the year, in 2015, the S&P 5 did 1%. So if you had done that and say, oh, my account's not growing, I'm gonna chase after that return, and you moved the money to that asset class, in 2015, you would have lost doubly. So, you know, looking at one year does not a return for the portfolio make. I look at 10 years to get an accurate accounting of the portfolio. So to say, yeah, my account didn't grow much last year. Well, what what did the different pieces do in terms of what did the market do? Mm-hmm. It's really important to look at that. Yep. Great points. All right. Let's uh, squeeze in one more common planning complaint. I'm sure we could continue to think of additional ones, but uh, for this podcast, we'll just do the four. I only hear from my advisor when he wants to buy or sell a stock. I never get any advice on anything else. Is that a common complaint you've heard before? I've heard that. I've read that, you know, in, in various articles. So the question is, do you have an advisor, a coach, a mentor, or do you have a broker? because brokers tend to be commissionable or on commission. And so they only make money if they sell and buy for you. And then they may be charging a fee for assets under management. So that's not advice, even though the the new DOL ruling is trying to make them look like advisors. (laughs) That's not necessarily the case. You have to know who you're working with and clarify what they're bringing to the table for you and with you. So an advisor is going to help you with all the money decisions and with a proper and prudent perspective on investing. A broker is going to tend to, and this is not true in every single case, but it is true in many cases, a broker wants to buy and sell stocks. That's what they do. So they're getting you to move. And so you have to, you have to look at, is there a conflict of interest? Is it in my best interest for what they're telling me to do? And, um, decide that, you know, if that's not the way you want to go, then you need to look for a different uh, relationship and start to focus on working with a fiduciary who is actually, by law, required to work in your best interest. Very important information on today's podcast. There are some of the common planning complaints. And if you've had complaints like that in the past, or if we didn't cover a complaint, but you have one about your current financial plan, and you would like some help maybe analyzing why you're complaining about it, is it a legitimate complaint? What can be done to improve the situation? Well, reach out to Janine Theus and her team at Theus Wealth Advisors. She is your local financial commander, after all, in the Columbia, Howard County area, serving you in the surrounding communities as well. Find us online, TheusWealthAdvisors.com, TheusWealthAdvisors.com, or you can call 443-718-6311, 443-718-6311. You can speak with Gracie about whatever issue you might be facing, and she'll set you up for a time to meet with Janine. 443-718-6311 or online at TheusWealthAdvisors.com. That's the straight skinny on some of the common planning mistakes that we see. Thanks for joining us for your financial mission.